0: Of injuries a really rough week for the running back position these are the only three locked in to every single starting lineup out there Christian McCaffrey against the New York Giants Tony Pollard against the Arizona Cardinals and Bijan Robinson against the Detroit Lions Hayden tough week for the position really about like 15 names locked in because everyone after that kind of feels super shaky let's dive into your rankings today
1: yeah, and this, this this chart is going to be showing you where Tony Pollard and B. John Robinson are as a team. They're first and second in running back usage, and then Christian McCaffrey, he's getting literally all the usage uh, Thursday night, huge favorites. It's an eruption spot for all three of these backs. Once again, in the Underdog Network, you can see all of my charts here, but looking at this, you can see Christian McCaffrey and Bijan Robinson in the eruption spot category. I think that Tony Pollard's got one of the best, if not the best, Uh, roles in all fantasy right now
0: yeah pollard is running back one in fantasy usage Bijan robinson last week went up from 33 to 59 snaps and he gets the detroit lions yes and christian mccaffrey we know that giants defense has allowed really strong weeks to tony pollard Mm -hmm. and james Conner, and so they get cmc up next so that means we kick it on over to your running back four already hayden and that is derrick henry derrick henry against the cleveland browns tell us why
1: yeah, it's just out of necessity because he's getting the ball 20 times. You can't say that about too many running backs in the league. I know that the Browns defense is much better this year than it was last year, but they were uh, pretty bad last year as a run defense. So there's a good chance that uh, I think he's just going to just touch the ball a ton. He's got the same amount of odds of scoring a rushing touchdown as anybody else in the league this week. I know he's not getting as much volume uh, in terms of snap counts because TyJ Spears, but I think the moral of this video is just if you have a running back that you like at all, that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, typically your running back four would not come from the environment of a team that's expected to score just over 18 points. Yeah. There are three and a half point underdogs here on the road. And as you said, he is losing snaps to Tajay Spears, but he's not using like losing backfield attempts. He's still getting 40 of 51 through two games. Next is Josh Jacobs, who, you know, had negative four rushing yards last week. And here he finds himself as your running back five. It is dire straits out there, people.
1: It really is. So just looking at this, we talked about it in stats versus film. Josh Jacobs, he is 36 out of 37 qualifying running backs in yards before contact. His offensive line has been a joke so far. I think that will even out just a little bit. I'm hoping that Josh Jacobs over the course of the season get his legs back underneath him after not practicing so far. But really what this comes down to is the Raiders are actually projected to score like more points than you would think. Like, Did that yeah. also kind of catch your eye too? Uh, the, 23
0: points this week.
1: Yeah, so they're home favorites against the Steelers. The Steelers have not been very good against the run so far, but really it's just looking at this. like Their projected to score a lot of points. Devontae Adams is back. I like that. For them moving the chain. So uh, I think that his usage is much better than what his production has been. And I think over the course of the season, that will end up shaking
0: out. I mean, this needs to be it. In the underdog pick 'em lobby, you can see Josh Jacobs at 63 and a half rushing yards as his higher or lower. This is the time without Cameron Hayward on the opposite end, the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line for this Las Vegas Raiders offensive line to finally gel. Finally gel and give us some 2022-ness mm-hmm. in 2023, Josh Jacobs. We continue on with your running back six. I feel great about this one because he's one of the, one of the most explosive backs in the league. That is Kenneth Walker against the Carolina Panthers.
1: Yeah, so right now, Kenneth Walker is running back six in fantasies. So he's got a ton of goal line opportunities. He's also caught all five of his targets. He's the RB21 in routes, which is a little better than it was last season. But really, this is just the matchup there six point home favorites against Carolina Carolina so far has allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. And like you said, Kenneth Walker, man, the tape is just too much fun to watch and he hasn't even broke off a long run yet. That I think will be coming. I know the offensive tackles being out is a uh, thing against his profile, but uh, I thought that they held up enough for Geno Smith. So maybe the drop off isn't as big as we were uh, once thinking.
0: I do think that the Lions defensive line, which they pushed around last week, is a bit different than the Panthers defensive line this week. And like the Panthers running back points against them is a bit skewed because they faced the Atlanta Falcons in week one. And then, you know, Tony Jones just pops up for two touchdowns last mm-hmm. week despite just, you know, 34 total rushing yards. But Kenneth Walker is a different animal than that is last week. And so if you can move Brian Burns off the ball, if you can move Derek Brown off the ball, then yeah, Kenneth Walker as a top six back in any given week makes sense okay travis Etienne is your running back seven against the houston texans massive home favorites here a potential eruption spot just for him potentially
1: yeah so we're trying to figure out who's going to be getting the goal and opportunities so there wasn't one last week we saw tank bigsby get it in the first game but tank bigsby only saw 12 uh snaps uh this last week etn's getting all of the passing down works that you can ask for he's the rb4 and routes run now, this week, the game script is going to be flipped. I do think that Travis Etienne is still going to be relied upon to handle 15-plus opportunities per game, and there's a chance that he's going to uh, return to having the early down kind of goal line role here. But all that's uncentered. The, ja- the Jaguars' offensive line is a problem right now. They have not yep. been successful on the ground, especially in short yardage situations. So I think that this is up in the air. But ultimately, like he said at the top, Jacksonville Jaguars' projected for the seventh-most points against the Texans at home. This is exactly what you want for in a fantasy running back.
0: Yeah, 26 and a half projected points, seven point favorites here. And yes, Doug Pearson did come out this week and said he's still not happy about that short yard success. That's exactly where they struggled last year. It was one of the reasons why they brought in Tank Bigsby, who made Mm -hmm. a ton of mistakes in week one, then was never heard from again in week two. And, you know, in two games, Travis Etienne has handled 74.2% and 87.5% of the backfield touches. So, again, if they lean on him here, we can get one of those big explosive Mm -hmm. runs, I believe, from Travis Etienne. Okay. your running back eight is Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Oh, man. I mean... Even this blocking has not been solid through the start of the first two weeks of the season, but he's out there while playing 78% of the snaps so far.
1: Yeah, that's the key part. He, even with the Bengals being really bad for the first two weeks, he's still the running back 14. In fantasy usage, I think that he's going to get way more red zone opportunities moving forward. Like you said, because Chris Evans was out, he actually played 78% of the snaps, which is a little bit more than we are used to with Joe Mixon. This assumes that Joe Burrow is going to be out there, but definitely going to be limited. That's kind of what the early reports are, which might not be the end of the world for someone like Joe Mixon if they get him more involved than they otherwise would. But he's still going to be live to catch a bunch of passes here. Uh, The Bengals aren't projected as as many points as they are. Uh, typically are only at 23 points. Typically, they're up in this kind of elite box. Um, But that's the state of the Bengals right now because they're figuring out that offensive line. And Joe Burrow, to me, doesn't look like himself, not stepping into throws, not creating much outside of the pocket. So I think just Joe Mixon, just very live based off of the snaps.
0: So they face the Los Angeles Rams on the later Monday night football game. His counterpart on the opposite end, Kyron Williams, here in week three. Sits as your running back nine. I mean, we saw him dominate first half usage in week one. Then Cam Akers is just discarded totally from the team, and Kyron Williams totally owns the backfield in week two. When that's the case, he's going to rank in the top 10 at the position at the moment.
1: Yeah, he's the running back four on running back three overall fantasy usage. And We're looking for somebody to spell him out because I don't think that he's a difference maker on tape, but there's just nobody to spell him out. And I think more importantly, even if he's not like a difference maker with his athleticism or anything like that, he's just trusted. And right now, I just think Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford just want guys that are trusted. I think that's why Puka Nakua who I broke down that video with Steve Smith, why he is leading in the targets versus someone like Tyler Higby, who's been pretty inconsistent over his career. So I just think that he just knows where he's going to be um, in pass protection when he's out in the check down. And also they're just, they just want to keep him on the field because he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to be fumbling the ball a ton or anything like that. So not the greatest matchup, but they are still projected for 20.5 points, which is better than some of these other guys in like rb 12 land.
0: And if they are trailing, they are going to throw the football and Kyron Williams by far and away is their most trusted pass protection back. And as we see, this team works the middle of the field incredibly well, Mm Kuka Nakua, Tutu Atwell. And so if these Bengals linebackers or safeties drift further and further back, then we've also seen them utilize Kyron Williams in the screen game, right? Mm -hmm. To get out and pick up those seven or eight yards on that. So, um, Even if maybe the rushing success or the game script might not be there for that path, the receiving element, Kyron Williams is going to own it. He's going to own it. Running back 10 is Ramondre Stevenson against the New York Jets. What's been going on with Ramondre? I know like the fantasy points are fine. It's like running back 19. But now we have to rank him in the top 10. But it's a, a really difficult matchup, I would say, against the New York Jets defensive front against this Patriots offensive line.
1: Yes, I'm hoping they get a little bit healthier on the offensive line. But as you can see, Ramondre Stevenson got every single one of the touches uh, in the backfield in the second half of last week, including a goal line opportunity. So I think when they do get to the goal line, it will be Ramondre Stevenson. The Patriots are at least moving the ball effectively, even if it's not very explosive. I am definitely worried about the Jets. And I'm also worried about game script. I I, I believe Ramondre is actually going to perform better when the Patriots are kind of in negative game script because he's such an effective pass catcher and he's like top, I think he's number two in routes run among running backs. Um, But I don't think that they're going to use Zeke as much as what we kind of saw in week one, Zeke Elliott mixed in in the first half of last week. So it might be a little bit of like a 60, 40, 63 or 65, 35 kind of split here. But, Ultimately, I just trust the Patriots to move the ball um, consistently, even against a good Jets uh, defense. And if if Mac Jones is under pressure a lot, I do think one of the outlets is just dump the ball off to Ramondre.
0: Also believe we haven't seen one explosive play for Ramondre this year that like he typically brings the table. And yep. I think that that is the main factor in why his yards after contact numbers are not as good as they have been in previous mm-hmm. years. And I'll, I'll say that for, for the matchup. The Patriots have to win the line of scrimmage this week, and I don't believe that they want to have Mac Jones dropping back against this New York Jets pass right. rush because the Jets' avenue to win this game is to sack, fumble Mac Jones and have advantageous field position. Yeah. And so I think we could see a heavy dose of Ramondre Stevenson. Jameer Gibbs, as your running back 11, and I think this is a good ranking. I think it's an interesting conversation because – Typically, when you place a running back two, who then thrust into the top 12 overall running backs, it's because you think he's going to replace everything that the injured guy in David Montgomery. But that's not what you think. And despite that, he is still the running back 11 this week.
1: Right. It's Craig Reynolds who's making less than a million dollars. And then Donovan Knight, who is making two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars, who just got uh, signed to the team as kind of this like thick boy replacement for David Montgomery. Neither one of those guys is going to add up to the sum of what David Montgomery is. I think Jameer Gibbs will take on a heavier slice of the pie, even though to date, it's very evident that the lions don't trust Jameer Gibbs in every situation. So I do think that he's not going to be a bell cow here, but at the same time, the lions are projected for 25 points at home against the Falcons. Jameer Gibbs is capable of ripping off some big plays. I do think that he's going to be used more. Maybe it's like 60% snaps instead of like 30% snaps. And I think that's enough to kind of get him into this category. So we've been fairly critical on Jameer Gibbs' role here. I don't think that he's going to be a bell cow, but it would be pretty shocking if Jameer Gibbs, they at least don't attempt to get him more in kind of like an every down type of capacity.
0: He went from 27% of snaps to 48% of snaps. And again, now he has the Atlanta Falcons defense, a defense that is playing so much better than we have seen over the last two years. He did get nine targets last week. I'll add to that where I don't think Jameer Gibbs is going to take any or many of the inside the guard inside the tackle carries. I think when he does get more work in the running game, it's going to be more of what he's already doing, which is out in space, off tackle. I mean, just 8.6% of his carries in 2022 came in short yardage situations. Mm-hmm. Just 25.8% of Gibbs' carries at Alabama were inside runs. Both of those were the lowest rates in the draft class. Mm -hmm. So the lions aren't doing anything differently than what Nick Saban did with him. And that's what led him to be the number 12 overall pick in this class. And I think for Craig Reynolds or or Bam Knight, they're probably also going to be more trusted in pass protection as well. And I went back and looked at Bam Knight having like 38 pass per reps last year graded very well. I didn't go back and watch them. And then one of those guys might fall into the end zone. Um, because I, I bet that yeah. they're going to be the ones that have the opportunity inside the five yard line over Jameer Gibbs, but I could also be wrong about that.
1: Yeah. So that's why I ranked Jameer Gibbs just because the uncertainty, like maybe he is the goal line back. Cause they can just pitch the ball out to him. And I, I, I wanted to rank Craig Reynolds higher, but I just don't know for a fact that it's not going to be bam Knight mixing in there right. a little bit more. So I'm guessing it's going to be Craig Reynolds. Um, last time I'm going to say Falcons defense, because they have more talent on defense and because their ground game is so elite right now, they're just running out the clock. So like the Falcons used to be a matchup where you just like sprint to the podium and turn the card in. Now it's not as easy as that because like we saw with the Packers last week, you can kind of just be suffocated to death based off of play volume.
0: And I will repeat that anytime that the opposition sees... Jared Goff under center in a third and medium or second mm-hmm. and long situation with Jameer Gibbs behind him. They're going to send Caden Ellis. They're going to send if Anderson's back at linebacker. They're going to send those linebackers and yeah. force Jameer Gibbs to stand up in one-on-one deep play action yeah. pass pro. And and that's going to be a huge test. Last thing, I think it's a lot easier for the Lions to game plan
1: around the weaknesses of Gibbs once you have a full yes. week knowing Montgomery's not going to be out there. So maybe on a play like that, they'll just like know to kick him out in space and just jump off the ball to him earlier rather than pass protect,
0: something like that. And again, the 27% to 48% jump includes when they were running some two running back stuff, some pony personnel stuff. We saw quite a bit of Jameer Gibbs in the slot and mentioned out wide and or motioned out there too. Okay, to round out this tier, We are jumping back in the pool with Joshua Kelly against the Minnesota Vikings. Talk to me, Hayden. It didn't work out last week against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Only 13 carries, but the team only had 21 carries. In total, you go from one of the most difficult matchups to, on paper, one of the easier ones against the Vikings.
1: Vikings have allowed the second most rushing yards to running backs through the first two weeks so we don't have to worry about you know the aliens that the Titans have on the front line Joshua Kelly busted last week granted we already talked about that plenty but he did play 80% of the snaps he had all the two-minute drill work he had all the red zone opportunities in terms of snaps he just didn't get the ball but we've seen this offense because they play with so much pace and they're really schemed up well right now the Chargers are still top five in running back usage Austin Austin Eckler has still not practiced yet. And if you're just looking at it, like this is the game of the week when you're looking at just projected points, Vikings, Chargers, man, they're both uh, top five and projected points this week. So I just think by necessity, top five uh, points, uh, the running back that's going to see 80% of the snaps potentially, like it's got to happen this week.
0: And if Eckler does play, he is automatically thrusted into that locked-in tier, obviously. Um, I'll add the key to the... Chargers running game this week against the Minnesota Vikings, and Rich Rebar, of Sharp for the football analysis, pointed this out, is forcing the Vikings to play in light boxes. They have really struggled stopping the run in light boxes uh, on 36% of the carries that they faced in light boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, they've allowed 6.8 yards per rush. On those wow. attempts. So the Chargers can dictate that. That is the Chargers game to go out there with three wide receivers, heck, even four wide receivers at times. So spread them out and run the ball with Joshua Kelly. And I think good things can happen this week.
1: Last note on them, the Chargers right now are first in rushing EPA. Even though they just faced the Titans, like this is what the offensive line that we're talking about last week,
0: it's working if the Chargers just go to it a little bit more this week. This is a massive difference, by the way, you have with the consensus rankings. They have him as running back 22, and again, you have him as running back 12. I'm sure
1: some people are trying to rank Austin Eckler, now. will change. It'll, it'll get closer to this. I won't be this much on the ledge,
0: I hope. Okay, so. Tier 3. We'll dive into it with Raheem Mostert against the Denver Broncos. Part of me wants to rank him even higher than this, Hayden. Raheem Mostert has right. 31 of 44 backfield touches. Now, Salvin Ahmed is going to be out of this game, and his only competition is rookie Devon a
1: yeah, so this is a tough one because he's been so explosive. The like total volume hasn't been there, but it's hard to differentiate because like he probably would have got more volume if he wasn't too busy, you know, running for 40 yard touchdowns. And like <laughs> <He> those
0: <laughs> it's or, easy to or do them flowing for 40 yard touchdowns. For sure. So they're projected for
1: a lot of points. I don't think that the Denver Broncos front seven as is as good as it once was. So yeah, I think that this is where he should be ranked, even though the usage, I think he's outside the top twenty in right. terms of raw fantasy usage. But like you said, I don't think they really trust Devon A-Chain and they literally don't have anybody else at this point just because Ahmed is even out there too. So like, I think it's just gonna be all Raheem Mostert Same. and he looks good to me.
0: No, I, I also believe that they will try to work in Devon A-Chain because I'm not sure how bad this Achmed injury is going to be. And obviously Jeff Wilson is maybe coming off IR in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. They obviously do like elements of Devon A-Chain's game, but it's so clear that we shouldn't be wish casting anyone else in this backfield to get anything other than Raheem Mostert because he, he's he been great, man. So and good. I really think he's been a great counterpunch like we saw last week against the Patriots when they do try and do their best to slow down Tyree Kill. That Mostert, again, is 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 this counterpunch that they've been searching for. And we know that the Commander's rushing game is specifically Brian Robinson, crushed this Denver Broncos uh, defense on the ground last week.
1: Yeah, I will say, just going back to that point about volume right here, a-chain has three offensive snaps in two games, so right. three. So like it's, it's all Raheem Mostert
0: this week, I think. Yeah, something would have to drastically change. Okay, Alexander Madison, is, you're running back 14. Honestly, this is a put-up or shut-up game yes. for Alexander Madison because he faces Brandon Staley's Los Angeles Chargers defense <laughs> that asks for you to run against them. So Madison has not created anything. Over the first two weeks, that touchdown that he had in week one is saving his stat line incredibly. And it has to happen this week or it just feels like it's not going to happen. This is like the funniest chart ever to me. Look at the Vikings
1: all by themselves out here. So this is rushing uh, EPA. They are dead last by a mile because of how bad their offensive line has been. They are really banged up. They might be th- missing three starters this week. But at the same time, the Chargers are terrible against the run again this year and they might be without eric kendrick's one of their linebackers their other linebacker might be the worst in the entire league so like (laughs) i agree with you like if it's not this week i don't know when it's going to happen because going back to it the chargers and the vikings these both of these teams are projected for top five points so yeah you you have to start him this high just because he is very live to finding the end zone um even if we do love the pass game as well
0: yeah, they did bring in Dalton Reisner, who it's a little shocking he's been in free agency for this long. Maybe he just wanted to wait for the right team and the right contract and all that. But it wouldn't be shocking if he's thrust in the starting lineup immediately, despite only yeah. practicing for a couple days. OK, DeAndre Swift, at you're running back, 15 coming off a massive, massive Thursday night football. Talk to me, because if we get anything close to that work, I know it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and they are still extremely frisky. But man, top 12 is in his sights.
1: I definitely think it's in his sights. I'm assuming Kenneth Gainwell is going to play and how if I was running the Eagles, I would have DeAndre Swift on early downs. And then I would have uh, Kenny Gainwell, who's maybe a little bit more of a reliable player, kind of in that change of pace, two minute drill type of role here. And I would let DeAndre Swift run behind an offensive line that's perfect for him because DeAndre Swift wants to play in space, and this offensive line actually has the athleticism to get to the second level and create even bigger holes for him. So he was fantastic in his opportunities. I just thought it was a ass-kicking by the Eagles' offensive line, but granted, that's what's going to be happening here most likely, too. The Buccaneers, not nearly as soft as the Vikings are, so that's a, a little bit of a kickback, but Eagles' projected for 25 and a quarter points here, and I don't think that Kenny Gainwell is going to play as much as he did in week one, but take them down just a little bit because the uncertainty here, we're dealing with the Eagles backfield, which we could not get right before the
0: season. I feel like in the world of streaming services, it is very easy to forget that you subscribe to a platform for just one show, one event, one game, and then get charged over and over and over again. We've all been there after checking our monthly bank statement, and that's just the start of the process. After that, you have to find out where to cancel, how to cancel, click on this button, that button, email this person, that person. But now there is one easy way to take care of all of that. It is Rocket Money. It shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels them for you, whichever ones you do not want. And in fact, Rocket Money can find subscriptions you did not even know you were paying for. That's like an extra, you know, 5, 10, 15 bucks that you found in your couch cushion. Again, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and helps save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com underdog. That is rocketmoney.com underdog, rocketmoney.com underdog. Next two backs play each other. You're running back 16 is Brian Robinson, the running back five so far in fantasy football through two games. And then James Cook as your running back 17. Uh, very different profiles between these two where Brian Robinson, I'm not going to call him touchdown dependent because he's actually yeah. dominating all of the backfield touches. But touchdowns certainly do help his profile. Meanwhile, James Cook, the only way he's going to score a touchdown basically is if he scores it from outside the 20 yard line.
1: Right. It's so like the game scripts are flipped and how you would want them to be. Brian Robinson, like you said, is still the RB eight and they've been in close games in both of them. But they are six and a half point dogs to the bills here. Uh, Antonio Gibson has been leading in routes run, even though he never gets the ball here. I will say even with the game script going away from Brian Robinson, he's getting a little bit more targets yep. on the early situations, like kind of a la joe mixon was and i do think that's partially because that's like what eric the wants to do spread everything out to uh, distribute the ball to a bunch of different options including brian robinson i think he's looked fairly good and then for james cook it's like what you said like i think this commander's defensive line is significantly better than what james cook dealt with last week uh, in fact commanders have been the six best fantasy running backs uh defense in the first two weeks so i think it's just gonna be tougher for james cook to like truly break out i thought he looked really good and it still was a decent game for him nothing cr- truly groundbreaking
0: yeah again his running back 15 standing and points per game right now makes total sense yeah when he hasn't scored a touchdown because he's explosive he picks up yards i will add running backs do have 10 receptions against the commanders through two games that is an area which is 25th in the league again just mm-hmm. through two contests so that's good but he only has one snap from inside the five yard line. He didn't touch the ball. Meanwhile, Damien Harris has four and Latavius Murray has three. And both of those guys have at least two carries inside mm-hmm. of the five yard line. Just quickly with Brian Robinson, since they are projected to be underdogs here by what? You said five and a half points? It's going to be very telling if that is that negative game script. If we see like, okay, this really is Antonio Gibson's job, like in that element, because if it's not, there is zero reason for Antonio Gibson to be rostered yeah, after this game. Like if, if this team is losing for a touchdown for the vast majority of it, they're throwing way more. And Brian Robinson is still factoring into that. Then why are you hanging on to Antonio Gibson? Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Gus Edwards is running back 18. So just before this Hayden, I found out that justice Hill is dealing with a turf toe issue. Um, And so now we get North South runner, Gus Edwards and to go along with, Kenyon Drake to go along with Melvin Gordon. And <laughs> what are we doing here through week three?
1: I mean, my notes say hey, the ghost of Melvin Gordon and Kenya Drake, not just Melvin Gordon and Kenya Drake. So I think it's going to be all guess Edwards here. Um, North South, like you said, he converted his goal line carry last week. The Ravens projected for 26 points this week. They're seven and seven and a half point home favorites to the Colts. The Colts have a couple guys that are fearful on the defensive line, but I think as a unit, are certainly beatable. And like we said, every single offseason, Gus Edwards did it again six yards per carry, uh, literally like top three in NFL history when it comes to that metric. <laughs> part of that's offensive line, part of that's Lamar Jackson, but part of it is Gus Bus himself. So when you're looking for guys, I think are live to play what 65% of the snaps and on a team that's projected for that many points and the thickness that we care about at the goal line, like it's time to ride the bus.
0: I feel like we just need to hit the minimum carries threshold and then Gus Edwards will be up there with like just Jamal Charles Painter. in terms of yards <laughs> per carry. Yeah, I mean, what's crazy about this is he's your running back 18. Basically, those top 17 backs, because it's really questionable after that in terms of workload and dynamics and all that stuff. All those 17 guys are locked in your starting lineups like n- no matter what. So we'll see. I actually believe that Ken and Drake is going to factor in here. But what was interesting to me is that despite the entire narrative that we have heard this entire offseason from Todd Monken, Lamar Jackson has only targeted running backs 11.1% of the time through two weeks. That's the second lowest rate in the league. Because
1: they're basically trading Jose as a de facto running back. But I will say, going back to just them being favorites here, Gus Edwards, once they were winning that game late, he was the one getting a bunch of carries. So it could just be one of these where you get 10
0: second-half carries. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Speaking of the closer, I feel like this guy is deserving of that nickname in Tyler Algier because in week one against the Carolina Panthers, he acted like the closer in that game. Uh, now he gets the Detroit Lions, which, you know, that game script is probably going to be flipped because the Lions are home favorites by three and a half points right now. Yeah, is an eruption spot for Tyler Algier per the efficiency. Is it? Chart here. Is it though? You know, because I almost think that if it's neutral or negative game script, that's going to be like heavy Bijan.
1: Yeah, I I just think that they're going to put this thing on the ground early in the game. And I think that they will stick with that. I think that they will be able to move the ball. So what we had last week was Bijan gets a carry on second down, does not convert. On third and fourth down, they bring Tyler in at the goal line. So maybe it's not going to be hundred percent Tyler Gier at the goal line, but like, I don't think anybody was expecting a hundred percent, but so yeah. far it's three of the four carries inside the five yard line. So I do think he's still live for a touchdown here. So yeah, it's not like perfectly ideal, but like, I'm just looking for guys. I think he'll get 12 very efficient carries here. Maybe a couple passes too, just because Ritter is a checkdown down artist. Um, so I would rather trust that than some of these other guys on the list.
0: No, I, I was just asking the questions. And again, Mm -hmm. you're very different than consensus ranking. They have him as running back 29 this week. And I think this is one of those weeks where we get a touchdown for both Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson, because while the Lions have improved from being the worst in the league against the run, they should not have been pushed around last week like they were at times against that Seattle Seahawks offensive line. And the Falcons are like a threshold, a tier way above that.
1: I was I just looked at Vegas. It's only three and a half point right uh dogs here so like game script like somewhat matters there but it's not like it's a touchdown or
0: more than that at least okay zach moss is your running back 20 i mean he literally played 98 percent of the snaps last week so uh what's the hold up why running back 20 i'm just kidding i'm just yeah. kidding well it is fair i mean he was the running back 12
1: of usage he had 99 of the snaps uh the problem is the playing the ravens they're seven and a half point dogs the Ravens have allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs this week. It sounds like Anthony Richardson not going to play. Uh, I'm not sure how much that really matters for the running backs in, in total, because Gardner Mitchell at least looked competent, and at least if they do get to the goal line, I trust that Zach Moss will be the guy. But I don't think Deion Jackson or anybody else is going to all of a sudden like just walk into some playing time. So I think that it would be 80% snaps or higher for Zach Moss, and I think at that point we're, we're sorting by s- snaps once we get to the running back 20 right. range, and I, I think that he's
0: going to have them. One, the Ravens defense could be be a top five unit by like the end of the season when they get healthier. Like Mike McDonald, we talked about in stats versus film. Outstanding. It's going to be very different versus last week when the Colts were basically spotted 14 points and they had positive game script. However, if you're playing a PPR league, first, you're a true sicko. Like, (laughs) but second... With Gardner Minshew, it almost went back a little bit to like the Matt Ryan, Nick Foles-esque yeah. stuff from last year where it was like dump offs. We could get a bunch of Zach Moss dump offs in this game because in terms of running, Roquan Smith makes them so dynamic that I, I think it's going to be a difficult time for them to flat out run the ball. Yeah. But again, in the passing game where Zach Moss is still going to play probably well above Deion Jackson, uh, that might be his avenue to to hit points this week. Agree. Okay. Running back 21 is Jerome Ford, the fill-in, the fill-in for Nick Chubb. Um, unfortunately, his first matchup to an roundabout way, as we discussed with Joshua Kelly, <laughs> is against the Tennessee Titans. So what is Kevin Safancy going to do? Is he going to be like Kellen Moore and only run the ball 21 times in total and throw the ball 40 plus times down the field? Um, if that's the case, then Jerome Ford is going to be a touchdown dependent player this week.
1: I completely agree there. I think that Ford has the skill set and the size to play in all capacities. I think that Kareem Hunt is going to mix in on some of the obvious passing situations, but they've been very clear, like the reporters had this, the coaches have come out and said this, their actions this offseason. Jerome Ford is the lead back to this team. It's just a terrible matchup for them. And on top of that, Deshaun Watson looked bad again this week. So you just have to be worried the Browns like are they gonna be scoring just like 21 points every single week on top of that. So uh tough spot. I think long term this will be a, a good waiver pickup if you got Jerome Ford. But this week we've learned our lesson for the 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 Jerome stuff and I do trust Stefanski to play
0: the matchups a little bit. Yeah do not come with pitchforks when Jerome Ford struggles potentially in this first week because it's a very very difficult first week as a starter i guarantee you after this it'll get better yeah
1: it'd also be hilarious if he rips off a bunch of long yeah for for against the titans and then we can say i told you joshua kelly was <laughs> had some upside
0: okay tier four uh let's now go to three running backs in a row that have somewhat similar issues. First up it's miles Sanders against the Seattle Seahawks. Then we have Rashad white. And then we have Damien Pierce against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The start and finish of that with miles Sanders and Damien Pierce, both are touching the ball a lot, specifically miles Sanders. He's averaging 21 opportunities a game, 11 targets over the first two weeks. He is going. If this pace continues to have over 315 touches this season. And it's like, that doesn't matter because the offense sucks so much.
1: I agree. He's the running back 13 in usage, which kind of like takes the carries and how close you are to the red zone. And that's been the problem. Miles Sanders is still waiting for his first opportunity inside the five yard line. And that's because the Panthers have been so bad. Vegas projects the Panthers to score 18 points against the Seahawks. I will say though, he does have all the usage you're looking for. Even Chuba Hubbard's playing snaps, but the running backs are both getting involved because they have to be involved because you can't throw the ball to Adam Thielen enough already. The Seahawks are the sixth worst running back uh unit uh for for fantasy points allowed here so i actually moved miles sanders up a little bit higher than this in my rankings just because this
0: matchup does seem a little bit better i don't know man i mean there's there's six point underdogs and bryce is sitting out practice on wednesday with an ankle issue and frank reich was talking as if like oh yeah Andy Dalton don't need be comfortable with him so like rough rough stuff okay rashad white Sure. It's against the Philadelphia Eagles. They are four and a half point underdogs here, but Rashad white is totally owning this backfield when it comes to snaps. Mm-hmm. And with chase Edmonds now on injured reserve, he's going to dominate, dominate the passing down work. And I think he might see a few more carries over to Sean Tucker. So he's not going to be like a 90% player, right. But Baker's dumping it off. This offense has been playing really well, but this is easily their most difficult matchup again against the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I think it's matchup and also maybe a little bit of that kind of early season success on, like you mentioned in scheme, coming on third downs. I think that can go away. And then all of a sudden the Bucks aren't as fun on offense. And Eagles right now, they've allowed 89 rushing yards on 29 carries. And I think this Bucks offensive line has played fine, but they don't have that much talent outside of Tristan Wirfs. And this Eagles offensive yeah. line, could absolutely play spoiler here. So I agree with you that the Chase Edmonds stuff does matter. Uh Sean Tucker, by the way, dead last in yards after contact. Um, I don't think, like you said, I don't think they're going to trust him either. So I think it's just like a volume play, but I think he's in a little bit worse spot than Miles Sanders because Miles Sanders is getting so much volume.
0: Well, speaking of, let's go to Damian Pierce against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, this team are heavy, heavy underdogs. Uh Right now it's nine and a half points until – the Texans improve their ability to stay in neutral and let's even wish for positive game scripts. The season is not going to change for Damien Pierce right now.
1: Well, we do have Larry, Larry Mutunsel returning to practice. That's a huge, huge, huge deal for the Texans and Damien Pierce. It didn't look good, but he at least had 15 expected half peeper points last week because he got a bunch of, uh, opportunities, including one in the goal line. He just didn't convert it. I'm with you. Like The, the Texans are in a very bad spot. The offensive line right. is bad. They're not projected for a lot of points. Uh, I think the worst thing right now is Damian Pierce is only running around on 37% of dropbacks. I do think there's a chance that improves just because they've already switched out which guy they want to use on third downs. It was Mike Boone. Last week, it was ogumba Ogumbawale. We've seen Damian in the preseason and even last year take on some more third down snaps. I'm hoping that they can just look out And say, hey, we got to get Damian Pierce, who was supposed to be the best guy on the team this year, more on the field. But I also would call that cope. Uh,
0: I'm hoping that's going to happen, but we'll see. More cope. Um, There is some friskiness on this Texans offense. And so if their offensive line improves, I could see a nice second half of the season for Damian Pierce. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. Okay. Interesting name next, running back 25, is Kendra Miller. Alvin Kamara suspended for one more game. Jamal Williams left with a hamstring injury. He's going to be out for a bit of time. Uh, Ty Jones, Tony Jones, excuse me, um, had nothing on a bunch of carries except he scored two touchdowns because he fell into the end zone. Kendra Miller, it's been a weird offseason in terms of, hey, MCL, you got over it. Uh, You look good in the preseason. Then you miss time, and then you're back way before schedule, and you get hurt again, and now you've been out for the first two weeks. But he could easily be the starter this week, couldn't he?
1: I think he's for sure going to be the starter this week. I don't think that they want to play Tony Jones as much as they did. Kendrick Miller is a full participant on practice on Wednesday. He seemed pretty close to playing even last week. And if you guys go watch this video, some highlights and some tape breakdown. I was a very big fan of Kendra Miller. He was an early declare, had all the efficiency stats, the size, the receiving ability that you're looking for as somebody like this. I didn't love the landing spot because of target competition and snap competition, but right now, that's all out of the way. So, uh, yeah, Taysom Hill might threaten at the goal line, but this Packers run defense, man, like I think they're going to create some more pressure than other teams have, but they're, once again, top six in rushing yards allowed to running backs. Obviously, they had a couple freaks last week but right. i do think that kendra miller is going to play a bunch this week
0: so the packers are have been 29th in receiving points allowed to running backs for two weeks but Derek carr has not thrown to his running backs like basically a single time so far this year but that can change with kendra miller that's a jamal he can, problem i think yeah yeah kendra miller can definitely catch passes so that might be something to take advantage of this week okay you're running back 26 and 27 uh i'll do them the plotters the yes. plotters <laughs> aj dylan And Najee Harris, Uh, all you have written for Najee Harris is, quote, it's not looking good.
1: Yeah, let me read this quote. Mike Tomlin said uh, on Jalen Warren, you know, he's just making plays when given the opportunity. I think that's a reasonable expectation. There's a guy that did similar things, a young guy a year ago and uh, as a rookie and has done done some really good things this year as well. So, like, they're playing uh, Jamal. Jalen Warren more at the expense of Najee Harris and the sealers don't project very well this week. And then for AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones still hasn't practiced that that includes on Wednesday. Uh, last week, I thought Dylan didn't really create much by himself. Uh, I will say Dylan is two point home favorites against the saints. Um, so I think that Dylan, if there is a week to kind of bounce back, this would be oh. it slightly,
0: but I just don't, yeah, maybe him. he gets 50 yards. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, you're running back 28, and we've been one of the bigger advocates of this man is uh, James Conner. However, the Cardinals run into an absolute buzzsaw this week. They are 12-point underdogs at home against the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Yeah, it's like 122
1: scoreless yards against the Cowboys for uh, the running backs that have faced them, and – James Connors only ran around 37% of the dropbacks or something like that. That's not good for this game script. Like previously, he was like a full-time player. That's not the case this year so far. So if game script gets out of line, which it will, uh, I don't think
0: James Connors looking good. Okay, you have both Bears running backs to round out this tier. With actually Roshan Johnson first as running back 29, then Khalil Herbert as running back 30. Is this just because of... He bears being underdogs, and so you expect the, quote, passing down player, even though he might not be used very much in terms of checkdowns, to potentially get more points.
1: Yeah, that's definitely part of it. There was also a little bit of a report uh, suggesting from, I think it was ESPN, saying that Roshan might be the starter sooner than uh, later. Um, But I think, yeah, like you said, they're going to get their ass kicked to the Chiefs, and I think that Roshan is going to be out there for more of those passing down reps, just because Khalil Herbert has just never been effective in that role so far. So yeah, I just did tiebreaker to Roshan, the pass catching guy.
0: Okay. Final tier. These are the running backs 31 and beyond. Uh, Javante Williams is first. Let's dive into this one a little bit because they are facing the Miami Dolphins, six and a half point underdogs. Um, But Javante, despite coming again off multi ligament, he still has a name brand and he still is actually looking decent out there. He's been
1: pretty inefficient. I yeah. I can't say I have been watching too much Javante Williams tape so far, but I do know he's without a third down touch. They're six and a half point dogs, and that to me screams Samaj P. Ryan if you're looking yep. at game scripts. And I also just I, I mentioned on I think stats versus film or one of the shows. Julio McLaughlin like got in there at the red zone, like on a very schemed up touch in the first quarter last week. Like I'm still trying to figure out what the hell that was all about because we didn't hear from him since, but like I didn't love that he was like basically given a free touchdown. Um, so yeah, this is just not a good spot for, for Javante Williams.
0: And it's been a tale of two games for the Miami dolphins defense. You know, the chargers ran for 208 yards against them in week one. Then last week they gave up just 63 yards on 20 carries. to the new England Patriots. Okay. The next ranking is actually my biggest disagreement with you. It's Isaiah Pacheco as running back 32. And this is, I think very similar to Alexander Madison that yes, The Kansas City Chiefs are a good team, but let's take this first half of the season. If you drafted, if you drafted Isaiah Pacheco, like this is the game script that he has to hit or else you kind of have to forget about whatever Mm -hmm. your belief is in him. Because 12 and a half point home favorites, that game script totally favors the lead running back.
1: Well, you're going to love Clyde Edwards Hilaire this week, though, because Isaiah Pacheco didn't practice because of a hamstring injury on Wednesday. So this is accounting for that. So I'm going to quote tweet those exact words when I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the early down back, ranked as a top 30 guy if Pacheco gets rolled out. So uh, you just played yourself. Congrats.
0: Well, no, I just was trying to prepare and do production work and make this entire tier and come up with a bunch of notes. And so I wasn't allowed to check injury news an hour before the show.
1: That's just remember CH you've granted me permission for top 30 running back this
0: week. Okay. <laughs> Craig Reynolds up next. Um, we already outlined this. Do we need yeah. to go into it anymore? No, please. No. Okay. Then Matt Brita after that, um, Saquon Barkley is out for Thursday night football, <sighs> San Francisco 49ers awful matchup on the ground. So you're basically banking on Daniel Jones, checkdowns to Matt Breida, but Daniel Jones might be running for his life.
1: Yeah, Andrew Thomas has been ruled out. That's sort our of like pro bowl caliber left tackle. And then even one of their guards, Ben Bredson, he's out too. So, like, yeah. I mean, what the what the hell are we doing here?
0: Okay. Well, then let's just rank the rest. It's uh Jalen Warren, then Samaj P. Ryan as running back 36. Kenny Gainwell is the opposite end of that DeAndre Swift conversation, Jarek McKinnon as well. You actually have Chuba Hubbard as your running back 39. Talked about CEH a little bit a while ago. And then, Hayden, I got to bring him up because I know the comments are going to bring him up. Brees Hall is all the way down as your running back 42. Why? He's running back
1: 50 in usage. Dalvin Cook's running back 43 in usage. The Jets, I mean, perfectly. Can't put it better than my chart. Just zoom in right here. Just worst in the play volume, projected points, all that fun stuff. I, I will say I'll, I'll move him ahead of these other scrubs that I ranked him ahead of, but like, it's still like, what, what are we doing here? Like it, it's a, you problem. If you haven't adjusted to the Brees hall expectations uh, in the chat. Uh, so I'll move him to the running back 33. So you can feel good about his six touches per game. But like, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I do believe that he probably belongs ahead of like Matt Brita. Who's Perfect. like in a desperate, desperate spot. And Sounds good. Brees Hall can reel off a big run, but I am with you in that. The Jets as a whole offensively are going to struggle. And obviously it's Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots defense, and they still have Christian Barmore and Matt Judon and a bunch of players who can attack and run downhill. I will add that we can't say this now that Brees Hall is getting running back one usage because it's not even close, right? He's getting, like you said, four carries last week. But at some point this season, is it out of the realm of possibility that the Jets construct their offense around Hall.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm expecting that, just not this week. So just like, not in week three. I would like to see it a little bit, you know? Like, if you're desperate... Oh, we saw
0: it in week one, in terms of his individual talent. Sure. We
1: did! In, no, 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 I, I'm getting that. We've, we're seeing, like, 15 snaps a game.
0: I to, like, I'm, I'm with you. until
1: I, Until we see that, and I think the reason is the Jets are trying to contain themselves and play this for the long term and not yeah. risk... Brees Hall, this was their plan before the season. It's not a surprise to me that he's playing like 30% of the snaps here and only getting a couple touches. They're, they will scheme him up more. And like yeah. you said, he is live for a long play, but like the expectation is not that he's going to be averaging seven yards per carry here. Like even the best running backs in the league average five yards per carry. And if we're projecting eight carries this week, it's this
0: is where he is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a a state of the Patriots where they're only three and a half point favorites against a Zach Wilson led jets team, you know, I like the Patriots had on that, just to be honest. Um, I just wanted to have that conversation. And by the way, did you accentuate and pronounce chart? Because in one of these episodes previously, you said chart.
1: Yes. I, I say chart. I say I I mispronounce (laughs) everything like you're not getting grammar You're not getting pronunciation. You're not getting English. I studied math, and I'm going to stick with the math. It's actually a miracle that I can even podcast. Uh, So I don't want to hear from the comments. Thank you very much. Let's get out
0: of here. All right. We love you. Thank you all so much. Um, I didn't even ask for you to subscribe, so you better hit that damn button. We'll be back tomorrow uh, midday with quarterbacks, tight ends, and true sicko defense charts. And then on Friday, we'll do wide receivers, maybe a top 48 of that grouping as well when all this news comes in for a position that's full of health. And maybe maybe I'll even shart. Who knows? (laughs) Shart on stream. Why not? All right. Up the bell. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Producer Weaves. See ya.